Hi, this is Bill Allerton again from Urban Tiger Radio, and I'm about to introduce Andy Whitehouse to you. This is the second in our Kellam Island Discs set of podcasts. Andy is an original songwriter and musician, and he's brought three tracks today to uh, entertain you. And so I'll waste no more time and just introduce you to Andy Whitehouse. Say hello. Afternoon, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. The more we talk, the more I realise that our lives have sort of skirted around each other quite a lot in the past because you've been involved in various bands and you've also played in a lot of the places where I've been and read poetry or, you know, or just even enjoyed an evening out listening to people like your good self. Can you, uh, you're telling me that you've been in several bands, so can you tell me a little bit about them, please? Well, yeah. I didn't really get started properly with bands till I was in my early 30s and and then had a band called The Glorious with Lynn Hodnett and Richard Masters who were part of that band and there were people, Richard's uh, back in the same band as me now and Lynn designed one of this band's album covers so the connections are still there. And, uh, let's see, there's Lindsay Calloway and, and one or two others involved back in the, the old days if people remember the Riverside Pub and the East House and, and we were talking about the Harlequin as well, weren't we? We always end up talking about the Harlequin with me. It's, uh, I'm sorry, it's something of an obsession of mine. So, uh. Well, it was a wonderful place. It was a, There was an interesting time going on then. I think there were lots of people, I felt people who weren't necessarily teenagers kind of finding their feet in bands, but a lot of people who were maybe, I was perhaps at the younger end of, 30-something who were starting to think, actually, you know, I'm all right at this. I can get up and, and have, a, have a go at this. And there was a very supportive atmosphere, people like Eddie and Pat, um, and so on, and Eileen. No, it wasn't Eddie and Pat, it was Linda. Uh, Do you remember? I, I yeah. think about the East House. Oh, the East House. Yeah, what, did Eddie yeah, and Pat have the East House Eddie first? Had the East House before they had the gardeners. Right, I wasn't uh, aware of that. I right, didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, across all those pubs, there was a very supportive environment uh, in terms of people getting up and having a go, and, and everyone tried, and some people were really good, and, and we kind of realised that they'd got something to offer, and so quite a lot of really great music that was just being made very much for its own sake and and poetry as well and, and so on and, and art was i think generated out of that environment where people were just really encouraged to to get on with their own thing well i'd like to thank you for bringing me some cds today you brought me four is it four five, different five, yes. five cds because i'm i'm archiving stuff and as we spoke about richard masters earlier on i need to ask richard for permission to podcast the poke single that they did for the harlequin competition so i'm very grateful if you would put me in touch with him because i think it's it's a real one-off and you know i would love to put it on there poke everything richard does is a real one-off and then if you combine richard and lynn hodner in anything it'll go bonkers they're just fascinating people incredibly creative and just unique characters tell me something about the first band that you had um, the Glorious. What what kind of music was it? Um, uh, well, Richard once categorised it as desperate music by desperate people, which uh, I think is probably quite accurate. I think we were all at points in our lives where we were kind of having a bit of a meltdown, and so you never knew if someone would walk off crying or or whether we'd get to the end of the set in one piece. We were. It was very. We were all kind of kind of very. It was just very honest music song. Just I think a lot of people thought that that what we were doing were covers, and they weren't. They were they were they were my songs. 
and they were just very kind of open honest songs and and we kind of played them with with everything we'd got so we yeah so we had a i don't think at the time i realized how how well it was going i think and my experience of seeing bands was at the city hall i was used to seeing people play to two thousand people so i didn't realize we were doing anything much but actually looking back i'd kill to to be attracting the crowds that we were attracting back then well i think i think local music is is probably the best form of music there is uh, in terms of honesty it's not overproduced it's not overworked mm. and, uh, and and it is a rich seam of talent isn't it that you know people are, are growing up through through this kind of original music and all sorts of ideas for your later life and your later work spin off these early uh, efforts mm. don't they yeah. Now we're going to play from your soul CD, Pilgrims, which is track seven. That's right. This was produced in when? This came out in 2011. Um, with a, so it's the same band, but I'm the only surviving member of that lineup. So um, uh, the sound is quite different now, but we still play this song. Right, kill the rest of them off then. Y- yeah, yeah, well, I don't like competition really. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. Weary of my walk and I stepped off to one side And observed the battered masses and the way across the hillside From a distance it was hard to tell Laughing from the crying as the eager pressed ahead Left the suffering to their sign All these prisoners, refugees, is this some kind of protest? A carnival, funeral, or wandering through the wilderness To fly from fear, run for hope, some impulse Let migration through the rivers over mountains With no hint of hesitation pilgrims Pilgrims, pilgrims, pilgrims. Should I try to pull them back? Should I cheer them on? Should I tell them to turn around from this road they have embarked on? Call them over to this table, bid them lay their burden down, pour them a drink, urge them to think. Take a listen to the sound of all these prisoners Refugees, is this some kind of protest? A carnival, a funeral, a wandering through the wilderness I fly from fear, run for home, some impulse Let migration through the rivers Over mountains with no hint of hesitation Pilgrims 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 Shambling, stumbling shoes There is nowhere else to go And nothing else to do We are all prisoners Refugees Is this some kind of protest A carnival Funeral A wandering through the wilderness A flight from fear Run for home Some impulse Let migration through the rivers Over mountains With no hint of hesitation Are we prisoners Refugees Is this some kind of protest A carnival Funeral A wandering through the wilderness A flight from fear Run for home Some impulse Let migration through the rivers Over mountains with no hint of hesitation Pilgrims 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 
for that and I would like to ask you about the second band you were in which goes under the strange name of Honey Barbara. You might be able to tell me something about this girl. Uh, well I love it as a band name Honey Barbara. Um, Honey Barbara was a, a character in a Peter Carey novel called Bliss uh, which I came across through the film first of all um, in which the, the main protagonist was actually Barry Otto who ended up as a, a side player in a um, film about dancing. What was the film about ballroom dancing? Uh, Strictly Ballroom. He was the dad in Strictly Ballroom. But Bliss is a fantastic story. And Honey Barbara is a, is a part-time prostitute when we meet her in the story. And she describes herself as a gifted amateur. And I thought that there were, there were some good amateurs in the band. I wasn't sure I was one, but there were some gifted amateurs in terms of musicians in the band. And I just liked the, the, the words together just sounded great. So Honey Barbara it was. What kind of music was it? So Honey Barbara was probably as rocky as I've been. I listened to a little bit a while back and and it kind of very much reflects the fact that I was probably listening to quite a lot of Nick Cave uh, and that kind of thing. So it's quite dark. This, uh, everything I do is kind of what I would think of as pop music in that they're fairly straightforward songs with identifiable hooks that have a direction and, and kind of do their thing in three, four, five minutes. But yeah, Honey Barbara was the sort of darker... Uh, end of things with a and, and more rock orientated. It was a four piece with uh, Lindsay Calloway on bass, who's Lindsay's played in, in everything most of the time over the years. We've been friends for a very long time. Uh, a meticulous German guy called Andreas Moser, who was just as German as could possibly be. He was the most Germanic person I've ever met, but a fabulous drummer. I think he's in Africa now. And a guy called Jonathan Denton, who I'd known from kind of the end of school days playing lead guitar. You, you're now in a band called The Silver Darlings. Yes. How did that come about? The, I had a time when I was running a therapeutic arts project down in Worksop and we had a venue that was run entirely by people with enduring mental Ill health problems and learning disabilities and there was a period of time when I was a, a paid by, we had an Arts Council grant, but a lot of the time I was a volunteer too. So uh, we ran this big arts centre with a bunch of people who got quite a significant bunch of stuff going on and inevitably it took its toll on me and two years in I crashed and burned and so did everything else uh, and out of the ashes of that one of the volunteers who'd, who'd helped me a lot while we were there this guy called Mike Howe uh, it was a wonderful accordionist and just an all-round top bloke he's now the accordionist and keyboard player with a band called the Bar Steward Sons of Val Dunican, who are really doing get lots of festival gigs playing comedy stuff and they're, they're historical uh, he's Alan Dunigan uh, in, in them. So, and, and Mike, I think, trying to help me retrieve my sanity from the whole situation, suggested that I started playing again because I'd stopped, because I'd just not had any energy for anything apart from I lived the venue. And so Mike got me going and we started as a duo. And, and I just, I'd seen the phrase, the Silver Darlings, on um, a lookout tower down somewhere down Cornwall, might be in St. Ives or somewhere, Newquay maybe. And the Silver Darlings is the colloquial name for the herring. Because the herring, herring as a shoal swim yeah. really close to the surface yeah. so that you can have a spotter on the lookout for them and they will see the, the light 
hit them. They'll see the sunlight hit them just below the surface. And then this cry would go up, the Silver Darlings! And the, out would go the boats to... And I just thought it was quite funny. I like the idea of the, the Silver Darlings, but instead of the boats, we'd appear. Um, and and I, it was only later that people would say to me, uh, Shoals are in, which is uh, Ewan McCall's song that says that uses the phrase Silver Darling. And better still, the novel by Neil Gunn. You're a writer. Uh, you would appreciate the works of Neil Gunn, who was a novelist in the 1940s and 50s in, uh, from, from Aberdeen, and wrote this fantastic novel, The Silver Darlings, about beginning with the movement of people from the uh, crofting, being forced off the land in the Highland Clearances to the coast, and the birth of the Herring Fleet, as a response of just trying to find a way to live. And, oh, the transfer from traditional religions, and, oh, it's got everything in there. Wonderful, right, wonderful. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look out for that. That's, that's called again? Uh, and, and that's called The Silver Darlings by Neil Gunn. There's even right. an old black and white film of it as well, which is lovely. Right, I'll look for that on YouTube. Now we're going to play something from The Silver Darlings CD, and we're going to play the title track, which is track two on the CD, and it's called Something of the Sound. As I breathe out and you breathe in, you're breathing in the breath of all my lovers How many arms have held me, you will never know how many hands have touched me Some left only fingerprints, some other scars, but in their ways they knew me By firesides on Wednesday nights or in the fields on summer days, they took me Frustrated lines were fumbled through that left them dreaming of another country. Wallows gave me everything their heart and soul expressed in every motion. Then left me stained with certain sweat and whiskey when they left to sail the ocean. told me quite a lot actually about your your band history and your music history and obviously we're gaining quite some knowledge of the way your your work has grown over a period by playing these tracks but what do you do when you're not playing music i help to 
manage uh, a program for people over 50 in the city of Sheffield. Sheffield's one of five demonstration areas for a thing called Drinkwise Age Well, which is encouraging older people to form more effective networks and um, build more resilient lives so they're less likely to be dependent on alcohol because there's a kind of hidden growing problem with older people becoming uh, who've become dependent on alcohol and it basically does does less things for you positively as you get older and more things negatively so um, I never would have been anyone who knows me would have thought that was an unusual thing for me to end up doing but very much enjoy developing community projects for for older people so today I've been out uh, we've got a community allotment down Sue's Road at Darnell that was just a patch of ground uh, when we took it on but I've put some money into it from the, our funding and brought in a couple of staff and we've got some great volunteers and that's gone from nothing and there's now first courgettes were picked today a uh, composting toilet is about to go up and there's a community classroom there and so on so uh, we do that kind of thing there might be a pun in here somewhere but do you find that feeds into your work well, the reason i mentioned this and i'm going to ask you the question is that one of my first narrative poems which i wrote a long time ago now 25 years or more was as a result of a burglary that, that I had to go and repair the doors and windows um, right. when I was when I had a building company. I had to go and visit this, and the poem Annie came from that. and And I wondered if your experiences of of social work, which I, I'm I'm assuming it is classed as a kind of social enterprise. Yeah, well, yeah. I, tra I trained as a psychiatric nurse back in back in the eighties. So I've always worked in community mental health and community arts and and that kind of thing. I'm a psychotherapist as well. Um, right. Does the, does, do you find this feeds into your music and your your lyrics it's at all? It's all, it's all? I think I'd like to think that I spend most of my time, time trying to be as much myself uh, in whatever I'm doing as I can be. So uh, whether that's a therapist or as a musician or in my day-to-day -day job, I hope I'm trying to be just the real who I am uh, and and this and and because I, I, I love seeing people getting on together and uh, finding good things to do and making friends and having a good time I love seeing people um, developing on in their life and, and overcoming obstacles and uh, music is a huge agent of, of kind of support and change for me in, in my life so they're always going to be in there if I'm there they're going to be there you know do you, do you actually use your music as, as part of therapy? Uh, not directly at the moment, although I think we're always, in, in Drinkwise Age, well, we're, we're always encouraging people to explore their creativity as a means of, you know, kind of feeling more positive about yourself and so on. It Back in, in the working workshop, the, with the venue I mentioned earlier, grew out of a project that started off with kind of instant songwriting groups in, in mental health day centres where, you know, you'd go in and say, so guys, we've got 60 minutes, to, no, we've got 59 minutes and 30 seconds to write a song. Come on, somebody think of something quick. And and we just write absolute nonsense. But we had a lot of fun. And gradually we found that there were people who were starting to write their own songs and finding it very valuable to them. So that was a really special phase, but I've not replicated that in more recent times. Okay, well, let, let me cycle that around because you and I met more recently uh, although we have seen each other in the past, yes. but you and I met met more recently by supporting Changing Faces, which is a charity that supports people who have facial disfigurement. And the charity actually gives them advice, uh, helps them to disguise the fact that they have a facial disfigurement or actually helps them come to terms with it mm -hmm. and live a much more open life. And we, we thoroughly enjoyed supporting that, but strangely enough, we supported it by doing a stand-up comedy routine. Mm -hmm. Now... 
you and I both know this was a very, very intense three days, wasn't it? How, how did you feel about that? How did it compare with, with being on stage playing music? You're naked. It's a bit like if anyone's gone from wearing glasses to wearing contact lenses and you go out without your glasses on and you just feel absolutely vulnerable. It's the same thing not having a guitar in front of you because you, there's all there is is you. <laughs> there's nothing else. It's great because there's nothing else. Yeah, in terms of taking stuff to the gig, I'm a big fan. I didn't have to fill the car with guitars and amps and cables and stuff. There was nothing to forget as long as I was there. I was there, you know. But I think it's um, I think it's very difficult. I think it's very difficult to stand up there and kind of be saying, "Well, I am funny. This is this is going to be funny," and funny. and you will laugh. Well, I think we were all funny. I think that as somebody who spent my life working with people and working with groups of people, I'm always fascinated by seeing people work with groups of people. And and Logan Murray was just such a fantastic teacher and such a beautifully gifted enabler an encourager of people and found out what people needed very astutely so i just i thought it was an absolutely wonderful thing to do i've been encouraging other people to do it ever since you know saying oh sign up next year you must you know in the spirit of that i'm trying as you know to organize uh, another night down at the gardener's rest where we can reprise the things that we got up to that sunday night in the sentinel pub i i concur entirely about logan murray he was absolutely amazing yeah. Uh, gifted, yes, certainly. And as you say, a, a master enabler. I, I seem to remember I swore a lot, but uh, I think I think we all did, actually. But it was an yeah, adult yeah. It was an adult audience, it an was, adult occasion, yeah. And Changing Faces is a, a, a damn good charity. And one of the things I liked about Changing Faces was, that, was the people. Uh, the people that were organising the Sheffield branch are all so committed. Amina and I used to work together in a community mental health project maybe 10, 12 years ago, and I'd followed her career with interest because she was clearly just going to be a great helper of people um, over, over time and a great enthusiast and encourager. And I saw her doing more and more death-defying things and things that I knew she hated because she wanted to raise money and she was so passionate about changing faces. And, and I found, because I was born with a cleft palate, so I had quite a bit of surgery and stuff as a kid, and that kind of influenced my desire to do something useful to them because I knew in my own little way just how what a barrier to confidence uh, that can be. But yeah, they're an amazing crew, very, very positive to work with. They contribute a lot. Harry, you know, the, the whole team of them contributed an awful lot towards making it a really, really positive event. And everyone who came had a really good time, you know. What a winner. We raised a chunk of money and everybody had a really great time. It was just... You know, unimpeachable. You no know. losers. No losers whatsoever. Yeah, I, it was something that I'm very proud and happy to have taken part in. So the third track that you've asked me to play is Cherry Blossom, which is track seven from Something of the Sound CD. And so we'll just fade that in gracefully now. Resurrection 
Nervous, his fingers touch the keys. Somehow he's reaching into me and makes the sweetest of connections. And as the sun comes up again, as the needle soothes the pain, the notes pour down. Cherry blossom in the rain. Paints are crouching in the dark, but firelight it makes us. For connection, I stepped from it into cool cave. Thousands of years in his grave, waves his resurrection. As the sun comes up again. Mighty herd replaced by grain. The trap moves on, still remains like cherry blossom and rain. Deep and dark a place. Start crawl down into to face my loss and separation. Rich and out, awkward and scared. In case I find there's nothing there when I try to make connections. As the sun comes up again, and nothing left to soothe the pain, the tears pour down and still remain like cherry blossom in rain. Cherry blossom in rain. Cherry blossom and rain. Cherry blossom and rain. Uh.
that was Cherry Blossom, which is track seven on something of the sound CD. What I'd like to know from you now, Andy, is uh, where people can get hold of copies of your CDs. All the stuff is available on the Bandcamp page. So if you look for the Silver Darlings on Bandcamp, or if you look for Anklebreaker, which is A-N-K-L-E-B-R-E-K-A on Bandcamp, which is the Anklebreaker is the label that we, we work with, then you'll find our stuff and you can download it. Right, OK, well, thank you very much, Andy. And, okay. uh, and I hope you've enjoyed this experience as much as I have. We will allow you to play out with the rest of Almost Home. And, well, well, we'll let you bring us home with Almost Home. <laughs> OK, so thank you very much, Andy, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, well, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Bill. Cheers.
hardest laboring below Can keep on shoveling the coal That keeps the fire burning in the soul See it safe to harbor Never more to roam We're almost home all for this week's show folks i hope you enjoyed your free podcast from urban tiger radio and if you've hit that subscribe button you'll be hearing from us again in a week's time so it's a goodbye from me and a from nelly goodbye